Let's talk about categories today. One of the conversations I always seem to have with my clients is around how to properly use categories to organize your blog content. In today's episode, we'll talk about the importance of categories, how many you should have, and what to do if you've never considered your categories before. Hey friend, I'm Madison Wetherill, a web designer and branding strategist for food bloggers and your host for the Vine podcast. This show is all about supporting you as a food blogger as you grow your business. I'll share tips for designing your business and your website with intention so that you can build a blog that fits into your life, not consumes it. You'll hear tips for connecting with your audience, growing your blog, and tips for managing and designing your website, all in short, easy to consume, and actionable episodes. If you're ready to think differently about the strategies and tactics that you need to grow your food blog, you are in the right place. I'm so excited that you're here, friend. Let's get started. Welcome back, friends, to another episode, and if it is your very first time listening to the podcast, I'm so excited that you are tuning in, and if you heard about it from a friend, I hope that you will repay the favor if you like this episode and you will share it with another friend who may get value out of this podcast. Now, my name is Madison Wetherill, and I am the founder of Grace and Vine Studios. We are a web design studio for food bloggers specifically, but if you are not a food blogger or maybe your blog has content that has some food and some other type of content, I promise that this episode will be valuable to you. If you've been blogging for any length of time, I know that categories can be something that are a bit of a mystery. So I'm so glad that you've tuned in. Now, if you're ever wondering about how we work with clients or if you're interested in getting your website redesigned with us, you can always head over to graceandvinestudios.com and click on the services tab to learn how we work with clients, which is primarily through either branding, website design, through a custom theme, or our designer for a day package, which is basically a six hours of priority development or design service where we really go into your website and try to clean up some of the band-aids and loose ends that you might have had building up over the years. So like I said, you can head over to graceandvinestudios.com to check that out and reach out if you are interested in working with us. Speaking of working with us, I am so excited to be able to share that our team has finally gotten to a place where we are able to increase capacity and work with more clients at once. Now to say that this has been a goal of mine for a long time is really an understatement. Ever since my business really started to pick up and I had more and more people reaching out to work with us, it has really been a goal of mine to be able to serve clients sooner, but without decreasing the value and the level of quality that we are being able to serve our clients with. And so I have been working really, really hard over the last year and some change to be able to really build a team that can support this business as it grows very rapidly. If you are in the food blogging space, then you know that it has been very hard to find people to work with recently. I know a lot of other service providers in the industry are having a really hard time keeping up with demand, and this has been something I've seen happening and I've experienced it, and it's really been a goal of mine to make sure that my potential clients don't feel the weight of that. So That's been something that we've been really working on behind the scenes and really working on our processes and our organization to make sure that we can handle the client load that we are hoping to have coming our way. So with that being said, if you're interested in working with us, we are quickly booking for the end of this year. And if you're hearing this sometime in the future, we are probably booked out a few months in advance. So definitely reach out whenever you feel like the time is right to get that ball rolling. All right, so let's dive into this conversation about categories. 
pretty much every time I work with a custom website design client or even our branding clients, we have a conversation around how to organize your blog through your categories. And this is something that I know can be so challenging because it's a really hard thing to sort of set in stone when you're really planning out your blog content. Now, if you have listened to some of my past episodes about planning out your content, you may have already started to think about this. And even if you've never really put a lot of time into thinking strategically about your categories, you most likely have been using them in some fashion on your blog post. WordPress makes it really intuitive to assign categories, and so I found that even if it's by accident, you've probably created 10, 15, maybe even hundreds of categories over the years as you've written content. The other thing that I see happening a lot for my clients is that as they really start to hone in on their voice and their brand messaging and their niche overall, their categories really start to shift. And so what can happen is as your blog changes and grows, you start to just have a backlog of old content and old categories that are no longer relevant to the niche that you're really serving now. So to get us started on this conversation, I want to first address the core difference between categories and tags. I know this is something that is very, very confusing to a lot of people, and the reason that it's very confusing is that categories and tags really, at their core definition, are pretty much the same thing. The primary difference between categories and tags is that categories are set up to where they can have hierarchy, which means that you can have a parent category and then you can have subcategories underneath that. To give you a really clear example of this, if your parent category is desserts, maybe underneath that you have brownies, cookies, cakes, etc. Whereas with tags, they're really only one dimensional. You can only have one layer of tags and you can't really stack them to show any sort of hierarchy. Now, from an organization standpoint, categories and tags can be something that you use to organize content on both the back end and the front end of your site. Really, because these are very much the same thing, I generally recommend only using tags internally to categorize for things like ingredients, or maybe you have a tag for sponsored posts that you want to be able to just filter through on the back end of your site, but you really don't want the tags to be on the front end. Now, I've heard a lot of SEOs recommending no indexing your tags, and this is something that I generally recommend as well, simply because it can become the exact same as a category, and from an SEO perspective, Google doesn't really care if the content is a category or a page or a post. It really has to do with whether or not it's the best content, not how it's structured internally. And so to have categories and tags, it really ends up just being confusing for you as the blogger, but it really doesn't add any extra value to have both on your site. So let's talk about how to organize your categories. And really we have to take a step back and really look at your site as a whole from sort of an overhead view. The first thing I really want you to think about is what is your niche? Now, if you have been around for any length of time, you probably have heard me talk about how your niche is not that you are a food blogger. And I have an entire episode about this that you can go back and listen to. I'll make sure it's in the show notes, but your niche is a lot deeper than just being a food blog. Even if you are a healthy food food blog, you can still go one layer deeper to see how you would be differentiated between a lineup of 10 other healthy food bloggers. Especially these days, food blogging is very competitive. There are a lot of people in the food blogging space, and so it's really important that you nail down this niche and you stick to it. 
So when you think about your niche, how would you break that down even further? So again, if your niche is that you are a health food on a budget blog, then maybe you have your content broken down into price points or courses, things like that. Maybe it's by ingredients or maybe it's by dietary preferences. There's a lot of different ways that you can break down most types of blogs, but When you have your niche in mind, you can get very specific. Now, when you are thinking about your categories, you wanna make sure to not get so specific that you could be competing with a blog post of yours. So you wouldn't necessarily wanna have a category for chicken parmesan, unless you really have many, many variations of chicken parmesan, and that's maybe the type of blog that you have. But in general, chicken parmesan is going to be a post that fits within a larger category. A really great exercise to figure this out is to look at your most recent 20 blog posts. This is going to give you a really good sample size of what your typical content is. And especially if you're listening to this at this time of year, which is in the summer, you probably don't have, you know, a ton of hyper specific holiday content right now because it's, you know, in the middle of the summer. So looking at your last 20 most recent posts, how would you start to group those posts together? If you maybe had sticky notes for all of those 20, how would you start putting them similar posts together? Would it be by the main protein in it? Would it be the the course, so lunch or dinner or dessert? Would it be a dietary restriction, that type of thing? And once you start to really think about how you would categorize those, that's going to give you a good idea of how specific your categories need to be. Now, if you're finding that by looking at your 20 most recent posts, you aren't having a lot of similarities, then you might need to go a level higher when you think about your content and how you're gonna organize it. But I would guess that for most to be your in your 20 most recent posts, there's going to be at least some grouping of those posts together. The next thing I really want you to think about as you are trying to organize these categories and figure out what you need to have is looking at how your website is organized. Now, this is going to be more from the outside user's perspective, but it can really help you to start to wrap your head around what categories you might need when you start to think about how you want someone to experience those categories on your website. The first place this is really important to think about is on your homepage. And again, I have a whole episode about that, so I'll link that in the show notes as well. But if you are really thinking about how you want someone to first experience your website, again, I always talk about with your homepage that you likely have someone who clicked over from Pinterest or Google and they're landing on one particular post on your site. Now, their second stop might be your homepage. And on that homepage, they're looking for a couple of specific things. They're looking to see really what this site is all about and potentially who is running the site as well. And so on your homepage, you wanna make sure that those two things are obvious. Now on your homepage, you do not wanna just have your most recent posts and that's it. You wanna have some sort of organization around your homepage that helps people understand what those primary categories are on your site and what your typical type of content is. So going back to those 20 most recent posts, maybe you found that 10 of them were easy weeknight dinners and the other 10 were desserts. Probably wasn't that even of a split, but as you start to group together your most recent posts and how they work together, this is going to give you an idea of how you might potentially break apart your homepage as well. The next thing you wanna think about is your recipe index. Again, I will link to another episode all about the recipe index specifically, but these two pages are the ones that really break apart your content in more specific ways. And so I feel like those are the two that are most important to think about. And if you were really trying to give someone a snapshot of what to expect on your site, these are really the two pages that are really gonna help someone to understand that. And so they're a great way to help you really start to think about that overview perspective of your site and your content. 
The next question that always comes up is, how many categories do you need? And this is one of those answers that the clearest I can give you is, it depends. However, it really depends on how many blog posts you have in the first place. If you only have 20 blog posts, this is not really something you need to worry about quite yet. I think it's a really good thing to have an outlook on and what types of categories you think you will want to fill out eventually. But really with your categories, you want them to be as filled out as possible. So you don't want to have categories with one or two posts unless you plan to be building those posts out in the next few months. If you are making one muffin recipe, you don't need to go and create a muffin category unless that is a direction of your blog that you know you're going to go into. So when you think about how specific your categories need to be, it's largely going to depend on how many blog posts you have. I'm going to link to another article from Feast Design Co., which is the creators of the Foodie Pro theme, and they have a guideline that they recommend a 1 to 10 ratio of categories. And this is really just a guideline, but I think it at least gives you a good starting place. So that means that if you have 200 blog posts, that it would be okay to have upwards of 20 categories. On the flip side, they also have a recommendation to not use pagination, which basically means that you have multiple pages of a specific category and that you should keep your categories to 20 posts or less. Now, I don't disagree with this recommendation necessarily, but I've just found from my clients who have been blogging for five to 10 years, at least they have 500 to 1000 blog posts. So it doesn't end up being very practical for them to only have 20 posts or less per category. Instead, we're really looking to to figure out how to organize their content in a way that makes it really easy to find what people are looking for, but they're still going to have, you know, 40 to 50 blog posts per category just because of the nature of what they have. So this is again, one of those situations where it really depends on the type of content that you share, how many blog posts you have, and really what the future and direction of your blog is. This is where it's so important to really know where your blog is going, what direction you're going to be going in terms of content planning and things like that. And this is something where you can use this as content planning, um, as a tool for your content planning, as you're preparing for what type of content you wanna share in the next six months. You can look at some of those categories that maybe don't have as many posts in them, but you could fill them out more to really create a better user experience for people as they're kind of browsing through a category. They have more options to choose from, but that are really logical and fit into your overall niche and blog vision. I mentioned this briefly, but you really want to make sure that you fully fill out your category pages. So I mean in terms of how many blog posts are in each category, you want to make sure that you have at least four to five in a category before you you know, feel like you have to create that category. You can always go back and add categories to a post later on. But you also want to make sure that you are filling out the description for the category page. Now, most themes, I will say that most good themes out there automatically will display this category description within your category page template. This isn't something that you should need additional code for, although occasionally I run into themes that don't have that. Sometimes there are themes that actually have two different sections for where you can input a category description. So if you think that your blog doesn't let you do this, maybe try switching it to that other box. It's usually called an archive description instead, and that might be a way to solve that problem. Again, most good themes are going to have this, so hopefully you won't run into that issue. But you really want to fill out this description in a way that is keyword rich and optimized for SEO. This is something that can really help Google to understand the context of your website 
website. This is also something that can help you rank for that particular keyword. And again, why you don't want to get super hyper specific with your keywords for a category page because it can compete with a blog post itself. And just from a more logical perspective, a blog post is going to be a much better resource for somebody who's looking for chicken parmesan than a category page will simply because of the way that these two pages are really designed and how they're designed to be used. But just wanted to mention that you really want to think about filling out these pages fully so that you're really giving your readers a great user experience by being on these pages. Now, if after listening to this, you are feeling like, wow, I have no idea what kind of a mess I've created with my categories. I feel like they're just all over the place and I really need to get them organized. What I would recommend is actually creating a spreadsheet for this. And I am not usually the spreadsheet type, but I just feel like looking at this from a spreadsheet level is really, really helpful. I would recommend creating a spreadsheet that has your category name, how many blog posts are in that category, and then also creating a spot for that category description so that you can either pull what you already have and maybe tweak it, make it better. Or if you don't have it at all, you can just work in that spreadsheet and then potentially just have somebody on your team, or you can do this yourself just while you're watching Netflix, go in and fill out those category pages fully and really look at are there categories that need to go. If you are deleting old categories, you want to make sure that you're not getting traffic to those category pages or go ahead and just create a redirection to something that makes more sense than just leaving it as a 404 page. But in general, if it's a category that you created on a whim that has nothing to do with your website and it was just a fluke, you don't need to worry about a redirection necessarily. But this is one of those things that is going to feel so good to get this cleaned up, to not have this like baggage of, you know, having 70 categories when you only have 70 blog posts, that that is just not necessary at all. But really just taking a step back and looking at your blog as a whole, start categorizing things both on your blog posts, but honestly, you can do this on paper or in that spreadsheet just to really help you get an idea of what you need to do. Then you can tackle in going in and making those WordPress changes. But this is something that will help you to really laser focus in on the direction of your blog, what type of content you need to start creating so that you can fill out those categories fully. And it will help you to also just understand some of the other parts of your site, like your homepage or your recipe index, or even where how you want to link to internal posts and share more recent content. When you really start to get an idea of how all of the pieces fit together within categories, it can really help you to just have a better overview of your entire site. Hopefully that gave you a pretty good overview of what categories are and how to use them, how to potentially fix old categories that you may not have organized very well. And if you still have questions, I would invite you to head over to the vinepodcast.com. There is a form that you can fill out there. It's the same form that you also can put in a topic suggestion if you have something that you want me to cover in the future. Just be kind of clear if you want me to answer the question versus actually do a podcast episode on it. And I would definitely invite you to put your name and your blog and I will give you a shout out in those episodes so that you know when I'm answering your question and other people can follow along with you as well. So if you have further questions about categories or anything else, please put them there and I'm looking forward to recording that episode for you guys. And as always, I love to see you guys sharing these episodes, share it with a friend and just encourage your other food blogger friends to get organized with their categories. And I hope that this episode was super helpful. Would love to hear your feedback over on Instagram. You can follow me there at Grayson Vine and I will talk to you soon, friends. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I would love for you to screenshot it and share it with a friend. You can tag me on Instagram stories at Grace and Vine. For the show notes for this episode, head to thevinepodcast.com. Talk soon.